What is going on? So, under Zerubbabel and Jeshua, and I keep forgetting the third one, uh, they want to start, they're, they're, they're starting to build the temple, but there's others who come to the children of Israel saying, well, we worship the same God as you. We want to help you build this temple. And essentially, the children of God are like, no, basically, like, this is our thing. You know, we were commanded by uh, King of Persia, I don't remember his name. Cyrus, Cyrus yeah, to um, build the temple. So we're going to do this because this is our God. And because they don't like it, they basically kind of conspire against them. Like, mm -hmm. they try to get the uh, King of Persia to turn against them, you know, saying, you know, if you get if you let them build this temple, they're not going to be paying you anything. They're Who basically is the king of Persia at this time. Artaxerxes? Darius. Darius. Artaxerxes is the king of Israel at this time. Mm -mm. Artaxerxes. Oh, correct me. He's the king of something. Who's mm -hmm. <laughs> Artaxerxes the king of? That's uh, Darius's predecessor. So, Artaxerxes, king of Persia. But at the end of the reading, where we're talking about uh, Darius, so. Mm -hmm. So, we have a group of people. We started off, people crying, we just talked about chapter 3, people crying, so overjoyed at just the work being started. And you have people who are saying, who are looking on and saying, oh, can we help? We worship the same God as you. Really? then why aren't you one of us? It almost seems like there's a divide. Why, why wouldn't they let them help? It seems like, I mean, get all the help you can get, right? All hands on deck. It's important to them, so what's, what's wrong with accepting help from these people here? other folks said old enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple of God in Israel they came to Zerubbabel and the family heads and said we'll help you build we worship your God the same as you we've been Offering sacrifice to him and all like that. So we start off with the first part. It said the old enemies of Judah and Benjamin. And heard that the exiles were building the temple. What's what what image does that put in your mind? And they show up to help build. Sometimes people like jumping on a moving wagon, you know. Like, they don't want to push the wagon up the hill, but once it starts going down, it builds up speed. People want to jump along, jump on board and be a part of the greatness Perfect. without being a part of the foundation. So l l let's, let's look into that for a minute. 
old enemies. That, that doesn't mean that we're, they have to be enemies now. We want to help. We want to help you build the temple. But why? Did you pray for us when we were in exile? Did you pray to the same God when we were in captivity to see us be set free? Is that what you were doing? Or are you waiting now to see because you remember or heard of stories of the temple in its glory before the overthrow and the takeover of Israel and you see your chance to come in at the ground level, for what purpose? We're just speculating right now. What purpose would a person who was your enemy want to come in and help you build something that's big in your eyes? Like that. I kind of also think about the fact that Persia is still in power. Persia is still a very powerful force, and... Kind of like a, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Okay. So, the very thing, I too think about projection, how, where this lie came from, that they basically said about the children building, how they were building and then one day rebel against you and stuff. That probably, speculating wise, could have been in those people's minds thinking, well, we could join up with Israel while they're building, and then if we get some other people to join up too, and then some other people, we could become the next world power. You know, because mm -hmm. these people are coming to them, they're not in power. They're not right. in, like, the best standings with Persia. You know, why would you try to align yourself with these people who just escaped exile if you were aligned with Persia? Mm -hmm. Speculating. Okay. Hmm. That's a speculation. So... I can use them for my own selfish my own thirst for power. Thirst. But your enemies. Oh. Wait a minute. Wasn't the temple of God something to behold? Weren't they still talking about it even to this point? It's something in history to be thought, even to this day we're talking about it. So if we get in on the ground level, our name gets to get written on the cornerstone too. They can't say that they did it if we help, then it's ours. And we get as much shine as you do. In fact... If we get the same amount of shine, think in terms, these are people. Remember this, whenever we're dealing with people in the Bible, people over time have not really changed a whole lot. We dress different. We wear different styles. We think we think differently. We're just responding or reacting to certain stimuli. People who were born in exile, no, slavery, or being underfoot. They know that life. So they think like that. But then once they're free. There are people who were born in freedom. That only know that. There are children. Who look at the uh, presidency of Donald Trump. As, as just another guy. But up until that point. All they've known is a black president. 
Because that's what they were born in. But you have other people who lived and died and never experienced it. My grandmother was born in the 20s? 16 or 16? Or 1916. 1919. 1919. And passed away before 2008. Just a couple years before a black president was elected. So in her entire life, never seen a black president. So for her, the reality was there was never a black president. Mm -hmm. Where someone else born in 2008 only knows a black president. And then this guy, okay, well, okay. We got the orange president. Mm -hmm. black it's different. Orange. Still colors. But for them... There's something that when you're isolated and you're set apart for a period of time, especially when you're forced into that situation, you start to think about stuff. We talked about um, in the temple when Josiah found the book or when they found the book and brought it to Josiah to kind of confirm the things that he had already started doing to get Israel back into shape. Look, this is why these things have happened. We gotta we we've sinned against God. There was a push to bring Israel back. And there was a very specific way of doing it. When you're people really underestimate the importance of time out. I'm not saying that that's the coverall because it doesn't work for everybody in every situation. But the purpose of it, what it's supposed to do is to isolate you from everything that you've got going on and that you want to do and you're alone with your thoughts and you consider what you've done you're supposed to that's that's how it's supposed to work now what do kids do they think about other stuff they think about what they want to do once they get out of the corner they think about if i can be quiet enough then i'll be released and i can slowly work my way back into doing whatever i was doing before but the isolation was designed to get you to think over things when they were taken out, did how did Israel get conquered first? How did that even happen? Aren't they God's chosen people? They rebelled against God, and God allowed them to get captured by their oh, enemies. So God allowed it. Mm -hmm. So the same Israel who was banging on pots and throwing them on the ground and blowing trumpets and tore down a wall and had an entire army scattered killing themselves they defeated an army without army weapons because their God was with them same God said okay I'm going to step to the side and I'm going to allow your enemies to overthrow you so he allows this to happen now they're in a situation 
Because he knows that sometimes you got to be put in time out and be isolated from what you've been wanting to do all rebellious because now it's, oh, we got to think about this. Well, what have we done? How do you go from rebellious even when the king, the last king of Israel, so to speak, before um, Darius, not Darius, um, Cyrus, before Cyrus comes onto the scene, you had a surge of kingship that tried to bring Israel back before some others came along and just like, ah, forget it, whatever. There was that attempt, and even at the attempt with mm, N-word, what's his name? Manasseh. Manasseh. Manessing everything up. And then tries to fix it at the end. And nobody listens. Why? Because they were already stuck in their ways. And to try and pull them back was a little bit of a task. Nobody was going to just do that because they were already set how they are going to do it. But something happened in isolation. Now we remember who God is. Isn't that weird? Now I remember who God is. Now I know to pray to this God. And then notice when they went back. Remember after how many years of slavery? Seventy. Seventy. Or, or being conquered, I say. Because I keep throwing slavery in there. They were oppressed at this point. Seventy years later... King Cyrus sends them back. Did they go back the way that they came out? How did they know to worship God? Did he give them instruction to worship God? He just told them to rebuild the temple. What's all this worship coming from? Where's all this reverence coming from? Where's all this? No, not you guys. You can't be a part of this. This is ours. We owe this to God. Why is it so specific now? Because it never left them. It was always there. That's why you know it's rebellion. When you're put into a place and all you're left with is your thoughts and your desires are not something you can get a hold of, what do you go back to? What you know. And you know you are rebelling. And you thought, if I sit quiet enough, five years later, no. Okay. Ten years later, no. Oh. He was serious about this. <laughs> Twenty years later, just sit there and wait. It got to a point where they felt like we're going to be this way forever. This, this is the life that we're going to live. I was 21 years old when we went into captivity. I'm about to be 100. This is just the way life is going to be. Go back home, says the king of Persia. And you know it was God. And you know it was him because he said, and, and build your temple. Your God told me to tell you to do this. Now they go to do that. Now... You have people that want to help, and they won't allow it. They're trying to get in on the ground level. We want to get some credit, too. We want some shine, too. Shareholders. Shareholders. Mm -hmm. 
in the temple. Because you know it's going to be bringing in. No, it's not for you. What was their response? Nothing doing. You're not new. New. I don't care how peacefully you come. So then, what was the response? we got a couple more minutes. We'll go in, in a little bit into that. So now, we, we've come to that point. They want to help. No, you can't help. We're on a mission. So what happens as a result? Now we can't help. Oh, well, we'll just go home. Now they, they paranoid the king of Persia at the time and write him a letter saying that they're going to become powerful. They're gonna not, not going to feel like they have to pay you any portions anymore and um, all of this. So then the king says, all right, well, we're going to make them stop building. Does this kind of sound a little familiar or uh, like something else that happened? Or paranoia caused the king to behave towards God's people a certain way? So? So? How so? Oh, man. <laughs> this is quick. Um, when he heard that there was another king, that God had left him, and that Ooh. God was anointing another king, and he started behaving differently. You know, Towards he tried the, to, saw yes, he tried to yes. take out David, tried to kill him, almost stabbed his son. Jonathan was his son, right? Jonathan, yes. Almost stabbed him with a the spear thing. Wow, ruthless. Because he was paranoid. But this was God's doing. What? Why are you losing it? What about in Egypt? Didn't Joseph bring his that family was the thing in? I was thinking about the first time. Yeah, I just forgot it. And they were guests? Yeah. It was kind of like something. It's not the same thing. But when paranoia creeps in and you allow something or someone to convince you that what you're looking at is really something else. Because the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he got this idea that the number of, of uh, these uh, Israel, His Hebrews, well, they weren't then that yet. But these Hebrews, there's too many of them. What's going to happen I mean, how, how quickly they're multiplying. What's going to be the result of it? What was his thinking at this, or what was advised him at this point? Because they're growing so rapidly. Enslaved. Do we need this? Oh, enslavement. That, that, that's the logical explanation for that? Not, oh, uh, we're going to have to expand the land or give them a little bit more or start building up like New York? We're, we're going straight to, they're going to overthrow us? Where does that come from? Paranoia. Somebody's advising him something. Then you got these guys. Oh, you're not going to help us build? Well, we're going to type a letter. We're going to send an email to the king of Persia mm -hmm. and let him know what you guys are up to. Mm. And their letter, I want to get into this more. It doesn't seem suspicious that the, the enemies... <laughs> their enemies are writing this letter telling you this stuff why would they tell you anything truthful except for to 
align you with them and their cause. That seems suspicious. That can be a homework question. No, it won't be. No, no. I was I was just throwing out there. Oh, it seems true. a bit suspicious that the enemies, their enemies, would inform you of the activity that's taking place unless you felt like it would be effective. Because now this could be a way of aligning ourselves with with Persia. Look. That just seemed dirty rascally. And how quickly Persia just jumped on board. To me, it speaks to the paranoia that may center around Israel anyway. Mm -hmm. Because, remember, they still have records. Yeah. Even at this time, people still know about Egypt. Right. So, even when conquering Israel, you're still kind of like, but is their God going to just jump in this at any point and just start sending frogs all over the mm -hmm. place? You know, there's still that paranoia about I, I would think about Egypt just because of how quickly they believed they were like okay stop them from building that mm -hmm. tell them stop stop and then they stopped they started and it's a long letter this is a long letter they, they stopped them the, the word got to them they said okay stop them from building the temple we're not going to have this so they stopped the work from going forward the homework is going to be to look further We'll touch on the tail end of this. You want me to take questions? You want me to take questions for them? Oh, okay. Because that's what I was anticipating. Okay. So the homework questions will be um, because chapter five is very short; it's sixteen verses. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking we would do like the second half of four, and then the the chapter right. five. Right. Okay. So for chapter four, you're going to have to really uh, pay attention to the homework, okay? Because it's, it's a number of them. It's not too much. But uh, if you read uh, Ezra 4 and read Ezra 5, uh, this homework will be easy. The first question in chapter four is, how did the adversaries hinder Judah? There are three ways that they hindered Judah. So the first question is, how did the adversaries hinder Judah? What were those three ways? The second question is, who were the adversaries? All right. Now, when you look at chapter four and five, it's not going to tell you. You're going to need to know this. is This is a background question. Remember our rules of interpretation. Mm -hmm. This is a background uh, question, and it's going to be hard. But it might be hard. You might need to Google it because we talked about this when we were in Zechariah. Who mm -hmm. were the people that were there when when the uh, folks in captivity came home? So the second question is, who are the ad adversaries? The third question was, what was the adversary's response to Judah? We talked tonight about how Judah said, no, we don't want your help of their adversaries. What was the adversary response? And then the, th the fourth question for chapter 4 is, what was the response of Xerxes? All right. What was the response of Xerxes? So the adversaries did something, and then, or, uh, I'm sorry, Araxerxes, he responded to what the adversaries had done. And there are three questions for chapter 5. All right? Believe me, it seems like a lot, but as you're reading, the, 
the answers should pop out to you, most of them. Alright, for chapter 5, of course, read to discuss. It's a very short chapter. The first question is, who were the prophets? The second question is, what was their message? And then the third question is, what was the adversary's response to what the, uh, what the prophet's message caused to happen? Okay, what was the adversary's response to what the prophet's message caused to happen? All right, we'll get uh, after, after Bible study. If anybody missed any questions, um, I'll be happy to go over them.